Hello, language enthusiasts, and welcome to The Language Worker, a space to talk about the people involved in the language business in a broad sense. I'm interested in finding out how their training, work experience, and their passion for languages has shaped our guests' professional and, of course, personal lives. Join me on this journey to explore the multiple and unpredictable paths one can follow when we are involved in the magical world of languages. Ioana Leda is a Romanian translator who is very happy to work from home and embrace the full freelance lifestyle. She works with a variety of subjects, ranging from social service to children's books. Joanna feels like she can make a difference in the lives of those who rely on the institutions she translates for. We had a nice conversation about her background, her present activities, and her dream projects. So today we have uh, Joanna Leda, something that she's going to tell you about <laughs> that I cannot say, but she likes being called Leda. I know this because we have already met in a networking event uh, that I'm now uh, holding almost every week with Kirsty, the English teacher. And so that's how we actually talked for the first time um, recently. And this is why it's not the first time that we're having a conversation. Uh, so that was cool. So if you could tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got to where you are just in a nutshell, as they say. But first, please pronounce your full name. <laughs> so, okay. So my full name is Joanna Leda Costa Nicolae. Right. So I've got a double-barreled first name and a double-barreled <laughs> last name. Now right. after getting married, at least. Um... I guess uh, it started, uh, my passion for languages started when uh, I was five and my parents got Cartoon Network. Mm. And, uh, <laughs> no one in the house could speak English. My parents studied Russian in school. Uh, so I just kind of um, watched uh, cartoons and um, picked it up uh, naturally without any, any, actual, uh, any actual courses. Mm -hmm. Uh, I remember the first thing I watched was that Daffy Duck episode where uh, where he drew mustaches on all the signs. <laughs> and uh, and I also remember uh, going in and uh, asking my parents, what, what does this word mean? Or what does that word mean? And they barely knew themselves. But mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that's the... That's, That's how we started. <laughs> of, uh, of learning languages when you're a child, they just kind of rub off on you and uh, then you can speak them. Pretty mm -hmm. awesome, though. Now that I'm learning languages as an adult, not as easy. Uh, so yeah, I, uh, then I uh, I had French in school when I was in the second grade. So I didn't start learning English until I was in the third grade when I moved mm -hmm. to a different class. So that means and, uh, what age? Because I'm sure it's different yeah, everywhere. Yeah. So, so um, like nine. Mm. I was already I was already watching cartoons for like four years at that mm. point. And you were I, an expert at that time already. Yeah, in weirdly, Network. when I finally got to the English class, I, I knew English better than most of the people who had actually been studying it for a year, mm -hmm. just based on watching cartoons. So, uh, yeah, just let your children watch undubbed cartoons if you want them to speak language as well. And... Um, my my English teacher took a liking in me. She thought I had uh, great potential for for languages, and we had uh, she tutored me until basically until I left for college. Mm -hmm. 
and um, by the time I was like in middle school, I already knew I, I I decided I was going to be a translator and nothing else because English was uh, was pretty much my passion in life. So and I thought, okay, what kind of uh, careers are are open to me with that? And mm-hmm. I never really felt like I was uh, cut out to be a teacher. Mm. I uh, I don't feel I have uh, I have enough patience. Maybe maybe a teacher for people that are really passionate about English and want to learn it, but I don't feel I could stand inside in front of a class of jaded kids and mm. uh, and still uh, and still keep my passion for teaching. So yeah. So uh, I thought, yeah, translator sounds good. I like reading. I thought I was going to be a literary translator at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can stay at home, work in my pajamas. Oh, that you wanted amazing. that? Yes, that's Ooh. exactly what I wanted. Um, and uh, yeah, so then I just uh, I just did that. I got my BA and my MA in translation. But I read in your LinkedIn profile that you your BA and master's, I guess, were called translation and terminology how present was terminology Uh, in those days it was pretty present i mean i did a lot of glossaries they took Mm -hmm. up a lot of time Mm -hmm. um yeah it was uh it was present in both my ba and my ma i Mm -hmm. also did some interpretation during my ba but only consecutive and uh, I was decently good at it, but uh, I had to pick between interpreting and translating for my MA, and I just went to translating. Mm-hmm. Because interpretation so, didn't seem like your style, or? Oh, uh, I just always thought that maybe I'd get into it at some point, but uh, it never really happened after that. Well, might still happen. Yeah, you never know. I might, I might go for it at some point. And then your first job was immediately to go to an LSP, right? Uh, yeah, pretty much. I mean, it took a while to find someone mm. who actually would take someone with no experience. So like, oh, because it wasn't arranged by the university. Oh uh, no, yeah, no, mm. it was pretty much we were on our own after graduating. Yeah, and um, as one would expect, uh, no one was odd enough by my and my MA in translation to actually give me a job. Yeah. So uh, there you go, you know, that uh, you can't get a job without experience and uh, you can't get experience without a job. Right. But uh, I did finally uh, find an LSP that uh, wanted to give me a a written test. So you were always in in Bucharest, right? Even at that time. So are there lots of LSPs in Bucharest or is it something that... Yeah, there are quite a few. I mean, it is the capital. So I guess Mm. the most that there are anywhere in the country. Mm. And are they locally owned or are they like the, the multiple, no, the ones that like, are in multiple countries? So or most of our LSPs here are like small boutique agencies, mm-hmm. like basically family owned or, or at least the one where I worked was. Mm-hmm. So just a couple of employees, a few in-house people usually doing English and a couple other languages and everything else is outsourced to freelancers, basically. Mm-hmm. So were you working as a translator or did you have to, like they say, wear a lot of hats? <laughs> no, I was just working as a translator. So basically got there, got my uh, got my work for the day delivered on my computer and uh, just uh, stood there and translated all day, basically, mm-hmm. which was, uh, yeah, quite the, quite the adjustment, honestly, because, yeah, eight, eight hours of translating a day with... Uh, 
very not much, not uh, not a lot of breaks. Uh, it's quite a lot of work. And, mm -hmm. uh, no, I I don't think I need to tell you. I imagine it's pretty much the same when you're PMing uh, for eight hours. <laughs> it's a totally different job. Let's say that. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> usually not eight, strenuous eight, in eight hours. Ways. Yeah, it's a bit more than eight hours usually in in big oh, companies, no. for example. But anyway, anyway. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, let's not get into that. So you never thought about actually adding that PM skill while you were there, because I, I believe that there were no, a few PMs. We, we, no, we just we had a PM, mm. and um, she she was enough to really mm. deal with that. It was pretty chill. I mean, I don't think we had that much stuff, mm -hmm. so as uh, to require two PMs. And, uh, mm, yeah, no, I, 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 I don't think I really ever wanted to get into that. Uh, that so it's something that didn't even cross your mind yeah, at that no, point, not, at least. Not really. Mm. What kind of things were you translated? Was it, you know, more public sector? Was it more technology? What kind of things? Uh, I think uh, back then I actually did a lot of um, legal stuff, but I mean, yeah, with obviously uh, with an editor after that because mm -hmm. i uh that i think that's a lot of what we focused on in uh, in college as well uh with, and a lot of personal documents because really uh, yeah yeah I, I think i've done a lot of personal documents in general in my career so like birth certificates, certificates marriage certificates um car registrations, stuff mm. like that. But were people like moving to Romania? Uh, I think it's mostly for people who, uh, so uh, also a lot of like university degrees. It's I think it's mostly for people who want to move abroad or for people who want to study abroad. Ah, so they were into English, not into uh, Romanian. Yeah, yeah mm. they were into English. Yeah, mostly they were into English because mm -hmm. uh, um, when you uh, speak a language that doesn't have that many speakers, there are definitely not enough English native. You English told me you're about too. twenty million. What do you mean, not many speakers? Uh, not uh, not everybody in Romanian is a Romanian uh, native no, no, speaker. No, I mean, I mean, yeah, <laughs> I there are enough of us. But what I what I mean is, there aren't a lot of native English speakers who speak Romanian. Ah, right. Sorry. I yeah. Mean, I I I at least know of like three translators who who are native English speakers and translate from Romanian. Mm -hmm. So uh, when you have this uh, huge amount of uh, of translation work that needs to get done from Romanian into English, um, Romanians actually trained to translate into English because mm -hmm. it, there's really no way around it. Mm. And uh, yeah, that's a huge part of our... Um, of our uh, university education as well, like BA and MA programs in translation, they're usually bilingual. So you translate from and into your uh, mm -hmm. into your source language mm -hmm. because uh, those are uh, that's just the situation when uh, when there aren't enough native speakers of the other language who speak your your language. Mm -hmm. Because you think it's people are, you know, English speakers are not particularly interested or they don't have a reason to to study Romanian or they don't immigrate to Romania. Yeah, I think it's, it's probably not being interested and uh, it's probably not also that not that easy to find Romanian courses in, uh, in their countries, I imagine. <laughs> Yeah, because we know about our Kirsty, who's 
who speaks yeah. Romanian. Yeah, I was actually super impressed with Kirsty's Romanian. <laughs> well, we've messaged in Romanian on, uh, on LinkedIn and uh, she's very good. See? See, it's just a bit of an exception in many things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> so she is actually an English speaker who speaks apparently good Romanian. So, yes, yes, so yes so but, they uh, exist. They are They're out there. Enough, there's definitely not enough of. Uh, Maybe she not, will inspire. Those go around. <laughs> she will inspire people to to actually do it. But then you got to a point where we're like, oh yeah, I like working here, but eight hours translating, I have yeah. no experience of that. To be honest, of <laughs> translating for eight hours, I well, I, I have done it, but that that's never been my job, right? I've never been yeah. hired as a full time translator, and uh, it's not in the cards for me. So. It's <laughs> yeah, not it's, happening. Uh, it, it, really is, uh, it really is a bit much. I, I'm not that I'm a freelancer. On most days, I can maybe do five or six hours of translating. So and, that's why you were like, and oh then a bunch of breaks. Because you were there for two years, I've seen, right? Yeah, like uh, like a year and a half. But uh, part of that was uh, working from home. So I just mm. uh, I was in an office only for like seven months ish and then uh, oh. I, I still I was still an employee but I worked for home from mm. home for less hours. Because that's all you wanted. It was to to work from yeah, home apparently. Work, yeah. I've always wanted to work from home. What can I say? I cannot understand that to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can. I can understand, I, but it's it, for me it's just forced. It's just maybe, not natural. Maybe, maybe it's an introvert thing. What can I say? Uh, not sure you're such an introvert. But anyway, so then one day oh, you were like, no, <laughs> I'm already working from home. I love this. But what yeah, was yeah, real... pretty much we, at, at, at some point, we just decided that since I was already working from home, it just made more sense for me to, to just do it on a freelance basis. Mm -hmm. And you thought it, it was great. You wanted that. I mean, I... Uh... <laughs> I uh, I was uh, I was initially super nervous about all uh -huh. of the all of the bureaucracy part of becoming a freelancer yep. and learning how mm -hmm. to invoice and doing my taxes and all of that, but uh, you know I slowly grew into it, mm -hmm. and uh, all in all I I think it was the best decision. Yeah, that's what I hear from everybody. So that's great. So then you had that. I've already know this. No, no, I already know that because you told me the other time. So you still work for that same client, right? But then yeah, you I, had I, to... I worked exclusively for them for quite a few years because oh, you they, did. they basically covered the all of my working hours and it mm. was uh, basically the the comfort of uh, employed life and the freedom ah, of freelancing. Uh, I both. see. But, but then uh, what happened for you to branch out I into... Think, uh, I think it was during the pandemic that I really thought having all of my eggs in one basket was maybe not the, the most solid uh, business plan ever. And uh, yeah, I decided I, I had always thought that I might want to, to try to find uh, clients abroad. And uh, one of my best friends said, yeah, you should just you know go for it. Start meeting some translators outside Romania network see see what it's like out there mm -hmm. and uh that's basically what i did i uh, i decided that i needed to you know upgrade my business skills a little bit upgrade my networking a little bit and just uh, see what's out there and you've been doing great i think from what i've heard <laughs> yeah, yeah so i definitely don't regret it Mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's been great having uh, having new clients abroad in my source language country. So most of my new clients are, are from the UK. Mm 
Mm-hmm. Uh, which you know also makes sense given that my my specialisms mostly refer to uh, to public sector work from the UK. So Mm-hmm. I thought it was funny that you said <laughs> public sector and then you said UK the other day because, of course, in my mind, because I worked in a lot of tenders, when I think about the public sector, I always think that the biggest projects, uh, well, I know that the biggest projects and for the vast majority of people who work with the public sector come from like the European institutions, right? And since you work for the UK, that's not the case. Yeah, yeah, no, not for me. So uh, for me, it's mostly like um, uh, children's services uh, or um, housing or things to do with benefits, uh, mostly So things the like that. So NGO uh, route. Mm yeah, uh, yes, and, and NGOs, of course. -hmm. So does that mean, I mean, I guess you, you gave me that statistics the other day that we were talking about the, the, the presence of the Romanian community. Yeah, yeah, Romanian is uh, is the after Polish. It's the most widely spoken uh, minority language in the in the UK by people whose uh, native language isn't English. Mm -hmm. So there's like a, a, a super real... There's a pretty A real there's a need. pretty big uh, Romanian community in the UK, yeah. And you know, a lot of them don't speak English or don't speak English well enough that you can just uh, give them like forms to fill out and make sure that they've understood everything Mm. Mm. to Is that give a new them thing meaningful for understanding. for Romanians to go to the UK or is it is it something that it's a relationship I, that you've had for for many many years? I think it started basically at least when I was in, in high school maybe. So I, I've been hearing of people moving to the UK at least for the last like 20 years. A lot of people go to university there and then there are a lot of people that just go there for um, like construction work or that kind of uh, uh, blue color kind of work. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So then that's not all you do, right? <laughs> you do other things. I've seen that you also work with educational resources and I'm like oh I'm curious about that what could that be well what kind of resources Well, a lot of them are uh, things uh, made by charities to to educate people about, um, well, basically what the object of that charity is. So mm -hmm. I, I, I always love doing anything related to mental health because I have anxiety and I have read a lot about mental health for the last like 10 years. And uh, Having extensive knowledge of that field really does help with uh, with translating uh, materials related to it. Um, and of course, I also do things uh, generally related, somewhat related to my uh, my uh, public sector specialisms, i.e., anything to do with child development, uh, child nutrition, uh, stuff like that. And uh, since uh, a big part of my public sector uh, specialism also has to do with special educational needs, like um, that might be children with autism or children with educational disabilities or stuff like that. And then you have to translate their, uh, uh, their occupational therapist report or their uh, speech and language therapy reports. so Mm that their parents understand what's going on, what they need to do at home, 
what kind of uh, exercises they need to do, what kind of um, resources they need to make available to the child so to stimulate their uh, their learning at home. Mm. Uh, so I also translate about uh, about that as far as educational resources go. Mm. And then you say that you, in your profile, you say that you translate children's books and like, yeah, ah, that's very I, special. I, yeah, <laughs> I mean, since you didn't want to be a teacher, not to be around yeah. kids so much. <laughs> oh, I, I mean, I guess I do like, uh, I do like younger children, or at least I do now with uh, having specialized in this, I've, uh, I've grown to like them. Um, I haven't done a lot of children's books, I'll be honest with you. But uh, I yes, I wasn't few. expecting you to have hundred titles that you have translated yeah, yeah, because but, I guess uh, it's pretty uncommon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I did a couple last year, and I just decided I wanted to add it to my profile because I really enjoyed it. I think I did a great job, and As you uh, I'd like to do more of them. Honestly, mm-hmm. it's just uh, I like that. I it's uh, it's kind of like. Um, I told you I wanted to be a literary translator at some point. And, uh, this goes a bit more this towards goes, uh, yeah, this goes <laughs> that a dream. Bit that, and uh, it's a great way to just uh, use your creativity that you don't get that much in, uh, in um, specialized translation, or at least not in the fields that I specialize in. Mm-hmm. So you feel that need for, for creativity... Uh, I know you work in very specific things and they're very useful, let's say that, but sometimes do you feel that urge to actually do language work that it's a bit more, you know, exciting from that point of view? Yeah, I think uh, I, I I always think I might, uh, I might go for, uh, for some marketing translation at some point because it would be a nice way to, uh, mm-hmm. to exercise that creativity muscle a bit more. So you think the 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 big community of Romanian speaking speaking people in in English speaking countries because obviously it's not only in the UK I suppose. So you think there's going to be a market dedicated to them within those countries? Is that the way it works? Do you do you have No, I I you know, I, I guess if I uh, if I did marketing translation it would just be uh, for the internal for, for the internal market. Uh, Romanian market, yeah. So you see everybody out there, Leda is uh, available for that more creative work. <laughs> so what are you working on right now? What Well, not, not specifics, of course. Yeah, obviously but, I can't uh, give you any specifics. Yes, I know. Uh, <laughs> we can never give specifics. I, I'm working I'm working on a child protection case at the moment. So oh. like uh, something to do with, uh, with uh, children who are in foster care and... Uh, and uh, doing assessments on the extended family to find uh, to find a um, a connected person foster carer for them. Wow, that's pretty serious. Yeah, yeah, I do do a lot of work that is uh, quite uh, uh, sometimes troubling, but uh, I I think it's important work that needs to to get done and get done well. Yeah. So uh, so yeah. I guess you go the extra mile for those jobs because it's just you you know that will have consequences that are are very real. Yeah, definitely. Right. So how do you keep yourself, you know, mentally <laughs> stable, <laughs> as they say? So what else do you do when you're not uh necessarily translating full blown? Because I know that in, in our jobs Sometimes what happens is that we, at least that's the way I do it. It's like I mix a lot of uh, 
pleasure with business. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> because yeah, it's yeah. like I like this so much or I like talking about it so much like right now I'm obviously not working because you know this is more than fun so mm -hmm. I like I like this this idea that our work is part of our lives and that our lives is part of our work and all of that so you I, I suppose all of us who work in languages feel uh, this a little bit especially if you are like the both of us who are super passionate about learning English and speaking English and connecting connecting with people uh, using our English and I would say that you probably have other activities that you, you like doing that are not work-related, but that also make you happy and, and keep you keep you going as a person who works from home happily, which is not my yeah, case. Happily. <laughs> so I thought I was going to ask you about that guitar, but you already burst my bubble and said okay, that the guitar is about, not yours. <laughs> about the bookcase, that's, that's more my thing, all mine. <laughs> So my, you, my husband you, only reads uh, only reads books on his Kindle, so I'm the only person who actually buys uh, paper books. books in this house. <laughs> so what do you do? Do you go for walks? Do you live in an area where you can do that? Do you go to museums? Uh, yeah, what kind of things I've, do you do? I've you go to networking events and conferences. Now that is so popular again. Uh, I've only gone to I'm only going to conferences uh, remotely, but who knows? Maybe maybe next year I, I keep saying I'm going to go to one of those. It's like uh, me next year, next year. <laughs> yeah, 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 basically. I I keep saying that I'm uh, I'm going to go to one of the conferences uh, abroad, but uh, then there's all of the planning and buying plane tickets, and I just never end up doing it. I just buy the remote ticket and that's it. Yes, I understand. Maybe next year. What can I say? I do like attending conferences, though it's pretty awesome. Uh, mm -hmm. Seeing uh, seeing fellow translators uh, discuss the the topics that they're really passionate about, and uh, yeah, it's also a great way to uh, broaden your horizons, I guess, as a translator. Mm -hmm. um, I do go for walks. I have a I have a dog. He's a golden ah. retriever, so he needs a lot of walks, and uh, that definitely keeps me active. Mm -hmm. And uh, thankfully, we have two big parks really close to home so uh, we get to do it in uh, a nice natural environment not just mm -hmm. uh, around the block <laughs> um, so do you live in in, in like in, in the urban part of the city or is yeah, it yeah I, I live pretty much smack dab in the middle of Bucharest hmm. but uh, it's uh, it's a residential neighborhood that's basically really close to the city center so I get the best of both worlds it's easy to get to places but it's also nice and quiet Mm -hmm. and uh, there's a lot of vegetation where I live so uh, that's nice because I've, I haven't always lived in this area and other areas are much more urban as you'd say with no parks and all concrete so uh, so yeah pretty pretty happy to be living in this part now yeah so I'm glad you are now in a place that you enjoy because I mean as, as someone who works from home you really have to have <laughs> Yeah, strategies in order to to just make it happen or else it's you know just things happen in such a way that we can see be sitting at the computer all day and still need to be sitting at the computer some more mm -hmm. <laughs> i always feel like guilty every time i leave so i understand how it goes but we also have to move in and take care of ourselves and eat well right mm -hmm. <laughs> and all those good things so just if you could 
ask for something without any constraints in terms of your future or present future, near future work? What would you do? What projects, what clients? Do you have like dream clients, dream projects, things like that? Fantasies, uh, <laughs> work yeah, fantasies. I guess, uh, I guess I'd love to do more stuff related to mental health and... Uh... And child, uh, I, I really, I would really love to work for a charity like Young Minds that basically combines my two, uh, mm-hmm. my two uh, specialisms, which is children and young people and uh, and mental health. So that that would be pretty awesome. But uh, yeah, pretty much, uh, pretty much something. So you have that your area. two clients, and it's <laughs> within the same line of work that you. Yeah, have. yeah. Well, I do enjoy doing this kind of work. I have to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, is it common for people in Romania to speak good English or are they dedicated to English or foreign languages in uh, general? What kind of it really community the, of speakers are you? It really depends on the generation, I think. So mm. people in my generation speak really good English generally because uh, we all grew up watching Cartoon Network. Okay, and, uh, <laughs> now we know how to solve everybody's yeah, problems. Yeah, yeah. And it wasn't dubbed back then. So uh, you really couldn't, could only listen to it in English. Uh, but I feel like the generations after us, while they do speak pretty good English, they're they're not as good as us because mm-hmm. um, because uh, Cartoon Network got dubbed at some point, and um, <laughs> it's funny, but it's actually a real thing. I mean, uh, one of my best friends has a has a younger sister and I know she had a harder time learning English than we did because uh, she basically had to start doing it in school and uh, when you don't have uh, when basically the only contact that you have with English is that two or three hours of English a week that you get at school plus during your homework it's Mm -hmm. just not enough to absorb the language properly you just need a lot to um to watch or read a lot of content in the language and um, what you do at school is just not enough, definitely. Mm -hmm. Same with me for when I started learning German in university. While I I, um, contented myself with what we did in our classes, even though we had a lot of German classes every week, it still wasn't really enough. And it wasn't really until I started... uh, looking at uh, shows that were dubbed in German or listening to audiobooks in German that I really started to to make some uh, some headway with the language. Mm-hmm. So you think there's going to be a, a future generation of people interested in translation over there? Or is it... Uh, you told me the other day that books are now a very <laughs> special <laughs> thing all of a sudden, right? All over again. You talked about the whole Harry Potter thing that yeah, books yeah, are, have now a specific uh, or a much higher value that they used to some years ago because it's like getting almost like a a, a luxury item, right? Yeah, I mean, there are uh, there are still a lot of people that don't know English well enough to uh, to read books in English, mm-hmm. even if they can understand it decently well. And uh, so, translated books are in high demand, obviously, especially the the you know bestsellers like Harry Potter or whatever. So, would you and take on uh, one of those big <laughs> books? <laughs> Oh, I, I don't know why project I, or... everyone that I know who does uh, who does literary translation uh, 
who's always complaining about the the terrible rates. Yeah. So uh, I don't know now that I've been uh, that I've been doing uh, work that um, you enjoy. <laughs> work that I enjoy. Yeah, I don't know if I uh, maybe just as a passion project, like. Mm. Uh, more as a hobby. But, but if it then... wasn't for money, let's let's forget about that part or else conversations are always a bit different if money comes into yeah, play. But I would say, Fair would enough. you like to dedicate yourself to like a, a big <laughs> book, yeah. like a thick one? Yeah, I would like to translate a book at some point. It would be, it would be a fun endeavor, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't know how that would be uh, practical because I'm I'm always like, I have no idea how we would talk to a publishing house or whatever. And if I just started translating it and hoping for the best, I could just see them or someone publishing it the next year when I'm almost done with my translation. <laughs> so no, I guess I guess it would have to be arranged somehow or else. Yeah, yeah, basically. <laughs> so honestly doubtful do it. that it's happening anytime soon. Yeah, I but, um, still a nice thing to, to consider. Yep, I would think so. Alrighty, thank you so much. This was amazing. It was great to get to know you even better. <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course, I already knew a little bit about you because of the other day, but this was great. I think it's it's a great thing to have perspective from people, perspectives from, from people from different countries. And that's really what I'm trying to do now is to have people who are not necessarily from English-speaking countries where it's much easier to find <laughs> a lot of <laughs> topics and people to go around and you know in 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 invite i will still have them obviously but uh the idea now is is really to to make it a bit more diverse in that sense because i think it's really important for people also who speak those languages or live in those countries to also see what's going on in their neck of the woods as they say mm-hmm. so yeah. yeah so thank you so much for this and we well, will be thank you for having me <laughs> And uh, it was awesome talking talking to you again. And yep. uh, yeah, I guess everyone should come to you and Kirsty's uh, networking thing. It was fun. <laughs> yeah, don't worry. We'll keep on doing it, even if nobody shows up. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for this. I'll see you around right. and have fun. Yeah, thanks. Bye. Bye.